I've, I've titled my talk this morning, this evening, <laughs> The Fingerprints of God. The Fingerprints of God. Indeed, Christmas is covered with the fingerprints of God. Indeed, God's fingerprints are all over it. Indeed, Christmas is, is a great place to go if you ever wanted to find out just how it is that God characteristically does things. In addition, Christmas is a great place to go for an example of the fact that God's thoughts and God's ways uh, tend to be a great deal different than our own. In fact, that's what uh, God says through the prophet uh, Isaiah. In Isaiah 55 and beginning at verse 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Indeed, if you were put in charge of doing Christmas, would you have done it the way that God did it? Would you have chosen Mary? Mary was a peasant girl. Her Hebrew name, literally Miriam, means bitter myrrh. The Jews gave names to their children, oftentimes because of the circumstances in which they were born. One has to stop and wonder, why did they call her Miriam, bitter myrrh? She was a peasant girl, young and poor, from a town with a less than a, a sterling reputation. In fact, you remember that Nathaniel said to Philip, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Indeed, could uh, Mary come from Nazareth and there anything be good or, uh, about her? And how about Jesus? All of his life, Jesus was called Jesus of Nazareth. All of his life, that was his moniker. That was his title. People always referred to him as Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus from that place from which no good thing comes. As a Jew without Roman citizenship, Mary was by default a slave of the empire. She enjoyed no civil rights, no standard legal protections like those rights and protections that were afforded the citizens of the empire. And yet the angel Gabriel called Mary highly favored of God. And so whatever the Romans might have thought of, uh, 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 of, a, of a girl like Mary, that's what God thought of her, highly favored. And Elizabeth, her, her cousin, the, the mother of, of John the Baptist, called Mary the mother of my Lord. And still I'm guessing that if, if the choice had been left to us, we probably would have chosen someone else other than Mary to do what she was being called by God to do. Someone else, perhaps from a better place, with a better background, perhaps somebody more impressive with what we might consider a more promising future. Indeed, God chose Mary, but I, I'm thinking that we probably would have chosen someone else because our ways and our thoughts are not God's ways and God's thoughts. And what about uh, God's uh, pardon plan? Did you notice? <laughs> we might have thought that, uh, that God could have come up with a better place for, for Jesus, his son, to be born. 
For instance, God could have chosen a palace in Jerusalem, uh, in, the, in, in the capital city, uh, and, and a well-appointed room within the palace, warm and toasty with a fire burning in the fireplace, with uh, an experienced physician or a midwife to oversee the birth, all of which would have seemed fitting for the birth of him who was to be born king of the Jews to whom God said he would give the throne of his father David and whose kingdom shall have no end. But instead, God chose Bethlehem, a small rural village and a stable designed for the housing of domesticated animals and for a crib, a manger, a feeding trough for domesticated animals because there was, as Luke says, no room for them in the end. Is that how you would have planned it? And what about the shepherds? By and large, at the time, shepherds uh, were considered to be dishonest, unreliable, and socially, socially undesirable. And yet these are the people with whom God chose to share the good news of Jesus's birth. Indeed, God just doesn't send uh, an angel to King Herod. He doesn't send uh, an angel to the high priest or any of the members and dignitaries of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, but rather God sends a birth announcement via an angel to a small group of shepherds who were tending their sheep in the fields just outside of Bethlehem to people that others under normal circumstances would have gone out of their way to avoid. And it is through the testimony of the shepherds that the announcement of Jesus's birth eventually makes it way, its, its way to us. And so Luke says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And of course, in the dark of night, all of this happening, Luke says, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I am bringing you good news of great joy. And that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, in Bethlehem, a Savior who is called Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying that they're happy too. <laughs> glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. And when the angels went away, Luke says, the shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child and all who heard what the shepherds told them wondered at what they said. And so when God enters into our world in the person of his son, he chooses to come as the lowest of the low, to embrace and love the lowest of the low and everyone else beside to love and embrace you and me, whoever we may be. 
you know, I'm not exactly sure what any of this has to do with the commercialization of Christmas in which buying and selling is the central feature in which not infrequently the interjection of the actual facts of Christmas are considered to be rude, inappropriate <laughs> and undesirable. A Christian, a Christmas one might describe as a Christmas covered with the fingerprints of man. The kind of Christmas perhaps we might create if all the choices were left to us. And so the true meaning of Christmas, if it's not to be lost on us, is probably something that we need to work on a bit to make sure that it's not. A few years back, a TV interviewer was uh, in uh, walking the streets of Tokyo on Christmas Eve. And as in the United States, um, uh, Christmas shopping is a, is, a, is, a, is, a big, is big business in Japan. And so the interviewer on the streets uh, uh, asked a, a young Japanese woman uh, there uh, uh, and said, um, uh, what is the meaning of Christmas? Uh, and she giggled a little bit and she said, I, I'm not sure, isn't that? the day that Jesus died. <laughs> now, most Americans uh, can actually, actually know, I think, what lies behind uh, the commercialization of Christmas. And still, I'm not so sure that uh, many of us actually give a lot of thought to it. But giving a lot of thought to it seems to me is the first step toward actually being transformed by it. Paul says something really interesting in his first letter to Timothy. We may not have thought of it as a, as a Christmas reference, but it is. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul says this, it's a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. It's a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That Jesus, why Christmas? Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And so that's what Christmas is really all about. At least God's Christmas, the Christmas with his fingerprints on it, the fingerprints of God. Let us pray. We have this tendency, it seems, Lord, to domesticate things and change things and make things a little bit more uh, comfortable for us. We certainly have done that with the story of Christmas. What must it have smelled like on the night that Jesus was born in that stable? What sounds might we have heard if we had been there? No midwife there, just Joseph. Joseph serving as a midwife. I don't know if he knew what he was doing. And why would you, the God of the whole universe, King of kings and Lord of lords, why would you choose deliberately to come into the world in the way that you did? And for your son to be born of a woman from a town where people said, can anything good from, come from there? And eventually, after a brief a brief uh, escape to Egypt to come back and for your son to grow up and live in that town. And for so much time that uh, he would forever be referred to as Jesus from that town from which no good thing comes. I think it has something to do with what you value 
and something to do with your extraordinary humility. That you're willing to become the lowest of the low, even to reach the lowest of the low, and to move upward from there. And so help us, Lord, to think the way you think. And help us, Lord, not to miss the meaning of Christmas, that your son Jesus came into the world with one primary thing in mind, and that was to save sinners, sinners like us, sinners like us who are in need of a savior. Help us, Lord, to receive him as such. And this we pray in his name. Amen.